It is Friday, December 8th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Patriots back in the win column. And the Lakers Pacers in the in-season final. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Patriots win a football match and the game goes over. What a day it is. The Lakers and the Pacers will meet in Vegas for the NBA in-season tournament finals. And it's Army-Navy weekend. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, as much as I want to talk about the total in that Army-Navy game, and we will in a few Sometimes minutes Sometimes you get now. shocked, man. <laughs> yes. You never know. Well, it happened last night. Week 14 exactly. of the NFL season kicked off with the Patriots scoring 21 points, AJ, as they beat the Steelers 21-18, picking up their third win of the season. Yeah, the, the, the closing total had gone over by halftime. Like it was, this was a, a flurry of offense. The second half looked pretty much how the, how we thought the game was going to look all game. Uh, but there was early explosiveness and Bailey Zappi. I think Bailey Zappi yesterday did something that Tom Brady never could. I don't think Tom Brady ever threw three touchdowns in a game with a 30 total. So uh, mm. this is something that Bailey Zappi can hold over Tom Brady for the rest of his career. <laughs> Uh, it, it was an ugly game at times. Uh, I thought the Patriots actually looked looked decent. I thought Bailey Zappi looked decent. Um, at, at, you know, especially the first drive, they march right down the field and score a touchdown. And, and right off the bat, as soon as that first drive goes for a touchdown, I'm like, the over's dead. I mean, the under's dead. Like th- this total, when you have a total of thirty, like, and you have the lowest total in in recent memory you're relying on only field goals in this game. And yeah. we we gave out that same game parlay on the dream pod. And we were talking about under 12 and a half for the Patriots under 17 and a half for the Steelers. Like as soon as the Patriots score a touchdown on their opening drive, I knew it was dead because I knew they weren't going to get under uh, 12 and a half because they just looked really good on that first drive. And then the game kind of slowed down. It was seven, three for a while, but Mitchell Trubisky throws a bad interception and that leads to a Patriots touchdown. Yeah, I, I had a feeling it was as well. I was lucky enough to have a, an early number on the total, so I was I had thirty two and a half. So even when there was thirty one points scored, I was like, you know, if things go my way for the rest of the game, maybe. And they almost did. If there wouldn't have been a damn block punt mm-hmm. uh, that gave up a free touchdown, but yeah, it, I mean, it, most of like if it weren't for that first quarter, I, I think this game played out about how we thought it would. But the, the early success. For the Patriots, and re- like you said, that the pick for uh, for Trubisky made it fourteen in a hurry, and mm-hmm. w- once that was up, we you you knew. Let me ask you your thoughts on this. The score is twenty one ten Patriots, and Bailey Zappi throws an interception. So the Steelers have the football uh, in short field. They take over at the sixteen yard line. They get to the eight yard line, and it's fourth and two at the start of the fourth quarter. And Mike Tomlin elects to go for it, and they don't get the first down rather than take the points there. What was your thoughts in the moment and now that you've had, you know, several hours to reflect on it? Well, first of all, in the moment, like I said, I, I had the uh, the under 32 and a half. So I wanted them to go for it and fail, okay. <laughs> which, yeah. which they yeah. did. Which they did, yep. But I also, like, I mean, and as someone who didn't really have a, a take on the side, I, I didn't care if they scored or not, but... I thought that it was the right move because I, I thought that this was going to be the best scoring chance that they would have. Like they, the, the Pittsburgh offense to that point hadn't really done anything. And it was getting to be like, man, are, are they ever going to, they were going to make some, the only time they got something done was when they got a short field off of a pick. And I, I thought they've got to make something happen here. They've got to make something happen with this possession. And I, I think Tomlin felt the same way. Like, man, we can't drive the field. We're not good enough to drive the field. And they decided to go for it. It didn't work out, but I, I don't think it was a terrible idea. I, I think in hindsight, when you look at how the game played out, 
yeah, those three points probably would have been pretty meaningful, especially because they converted the, the two point advantage or a two point conversion. Well, that's my end, point. I, I, I'm always a take the points guy. I understand being aggressive in certain moments, but at that point in the game, you have an entire quarter left of football and I get it. You trust your defense. If you're going to pin them back, you're going to get the ball back on short field. But at that point, you have an opportunity to turn a two possession game into a one possession game. And I think the 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 reward outweighs the risk there because there's no guarantee that you're going to score a touchdown if you get that first down. Sure. And so what you're what what you're telling me is that okay if they get the first down there, then if they face another fourth down, well then they're going to have to go for it again, right? The precedent was set. To me, I always take the opportunity to turn a two-possession game into a one-possession game. And you know what? As it turns out, they score a touchdown. They get the two-point conversion on their next possession. And it would have been a tie game instead of it being, you know, 21-18. And even with it being 21-18, they still had the ball two more times with a chance to get into field goal range and were unable to do so. Uh, the, the last time was when they had the um, fourth and two and they decide to go deep down the field hoping for a flag. I, I don't know why they and, – and looked like – it seemed like Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet were baffled also. Like, you just need two yards, fourth and two. Like, the Eagles would have lined up in the brotherly shove and gotten those two yards. But they, yeah. throw, they throw a deep pass to Deontay Johnson. I think the – there was no chance they were hoping to complete that. I think they were just trying to get a penalty. Yeah, I, I think that was the case as well. But um, it, it was just – listen this is the Steelers this isn't a surprise right like their offense is just it's gonna be stuck in the mud sometimes and last night was another one of those nights like they're just not a good team um I I think that they realized that and they felt like maybe it's maybe I'm overthinking it but I felt like maybe they they said we've got to take some chances if we're gonna win games Mm -hmm. Uh, because they're, like they're not a lock to make the playoffs, I, I don't think. Especially if they if there's like real regression to what I think they really are. So this was it probably felt like a must win game to them. I, I don't think. I mean, obviously it's not a must win because they're still in a, a decent situation. But I think that listen, you 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 lost last week to a, a two win team. You were on the way to losing to another two win team last night, and you said we got to find a way out of this. We've got to spark something. Uh, so I think that's what they were trying to do, to be honest. Has any team ever like first lost, time ever lost back to back games against two win teams? So it's the first time in history that a team with above an above five hundred record, yep, has lost to to back to back teams who were eight games or more under five hundred. <laughs> so that's that, unbelievable. Yeah, it is a wild stat. That is a wild stat. So uh, Pittsburgh falls to seven and six, and you know I, they. It's easy to say, well, they've got they've got all these wins stacked up, but they've lost three out of four now, and like, do do there's probably games that we thought were wins a couple weeks ago that you like once you lose at home to the Cardinals and the Patriots, you can't feel comfortable with anything. Mm-hmm. You can't say, oh, well, the Bengals are coming in without Joe Burrow, we'll win that. I don't know. Uh, we're going to the Colts. We can win that game. I don't know. Uh, then of course they're at the Seahawks and at the Ravens the last two weeks. And I think, I think both those teams are going to have something to play for. This is, they're in a weird spot. Like, cause they're, they're certainly not safe. And you know, in two weeks, like, think about this. If the, if the Colts or, or either one, whichever team wins between the Bengals and the Colts win this week, like that team is going to, the, the loser of that is going to be desperate. And, but both those teams have something to play for Seahawks at like every team you've got to play going forward is going to be max motivated to get mm-hmm. wins. And, and this was like, you had two weeks in a row where you probably could have afforded to take the pedal off the gas and you just didn't. That said, I mean, we've heard uh, RJ has said this before, and I've long said this about Tomlin. Like once Tomlin loses two games in a row, I, I'm terrified to fade him that third game. Yes. Once Tomlin wins two games in a row, I usually want to fade him that third game. So, uh, but we're in that spot where Tomlin may be a look next week. As bad as it looks for the Steelers right now, uh, them going to Indianapolis, that might have to be the move. Well, I can tell you right now, if uh, Mike Tomlin is, let's say, he, so we, we want to say he's lost two straight games. He is then, oh, he's only eight and 10 straight up after losing two straight games, I think. What is he against the spread, though? Uh, only nine and nine. 
Oh, well, maybe not. So, maybe, 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 uh, maybe that trend goes way more with the, the he's won two games. Expect him to to let up. But yeah, either way, he's like th- this is the situation though. This is what like with the, I talk about this all the time with the Steelers when when they're in a position where people say oh, they're bullshit, they're not good. That's when Tomlin steps up. When they're favored, when everybody says, "Oh, well, this is a game they'll win," like the last two, mm-hmm. that's when I I've got no faith in Mike Tomlin. So next week, I think there's going to be I, I I expect the Steelers to be dogs at Indianapolis. Uh, so th- I think that's going to be one of those spots where Steeler the Steelers are, are Mike Tomlin's getting his guys up, saying, "Hey, we, it's us against the world. We got to make something happen here." Let's try this again. So we go Mike Tomlin. And uh, the previous was a loss, and the game before that was a loss. So Tomlin, okay, seventeen and fifteen ATS. Yeah, it's still sh- not when the, when he's lost the last two straight two games. Yeah, I don't know if that's enough for me to play a blind certainly. Yeah, so I would agree with that. All right, well, let's preview the rest of this week uh, fourteen slate. Uh, you know, we have a full Sunday slate. There's two games on Monday Night Football, so we'll leave that for Monday morning. But let's start with the Bucks at the Falcons. Atlanta up to a two and a half point favorite. AJ. Yeah, I, I Atlanta's the only side I would look at here. Um, I, I think that we're finally getting to where it feels like a fair number. I, I said this on on the pod on Wednesday. How is Atlanta well, like Tampa was minus two and a half when they were at home, and now Atlanta's only minus one. So the the mm. line was saying that, that Tampa's the better team. I just didn't believe that could be true. Uh, this feels a lot more in line with what I believe. Um, but I here I like the over in this game. Uh, this there's a lot of low totals this week. Uh, but I, I think if you look back at that first matchup between Atlanta and Tampa, there was a whole lot of yardage. And there was a whole lot of fumbling at the one-yard line. Twice, Desmond Ritter fumbled at the one-yard line. Yep. I think you take out some of that bad luck. You've got a game indoors now on a fast track. I think this game goes over uh, 39 and a half. Well, an over that I like is the Lions and the Bears. Assuming that the weather calms down, uh, Detroit is a three-and-a-half-point road favorite in Chicago, total of 42-and-a-half. And all these two teams do is play each other in high-scoring games. First off, the last three times that they've played each other, we've seen an average of 56 points scored. The Lions' last four games have had an average of 62 points scored. I know Jared Goff is a different player outdoors than he is indoors, but this is a Lions team that is scoring, and their defense is letting up a lot of points as well. Yeah, and they just lost arguably their best defensive player in Aline McNeil to a knee injury. Like He and, and, and Hutchinson are the two guys on that team. Um, you're right. And Jared Goff playing outdoors, like that could mean turnovers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that's, and that's a great thing sometimes when you're looking for an over, uh, I like Chicago in this game. I, I, the, I thought the bears outplayed the lions when they played a couple weeks ago, fields ran for over a hundred yards. It was his, it was his season high. Now they're playing in weather where it, even if the weather does calm down, it's still going to be not ideal weather. It's going to be a windy, super cold, maybe rainy day. Um, and that, that favors the team that is built to play outdoors. Chicago is certainly the team to, to built to play outdoors. And it feels like these teams, the momentum's going in different directions right now. So I, I, I like Chicago getting anything more than a field goal. The Colts are at the Bengals, Cincinnati, one and a half point favorites. This is one of the tougher games for me to call. I think it, it, like on one hand, what we saw to Jake Browning was awesome. And if well, that's... We've, had, we've had a shift too in this line, because when we did the dream pot and we were looking at the, the super contest spreads, the Bengals were plus one. Yeah, now they're minus one. Minus one and a half. Minus one and a half. Yeah, I, I think like there, there's a lot of positive vibes about Jake Browning. I don't know. We may be getting out of control here because the look ahead on this was Indy minus two and a half. So now if it's Cincy one and a half, we're saying there's like a four point upgrade from last week. I, I mean, it, Jake Browning looked good, but is that really the real Jake Browning? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. And this is going to be a, a bad weather game, cold game, um, and I trust Indianapolis in the trenches more than I trust Cincinnati. So I, I think maybe we may be looking at a move that's just gone too far uh, towards Cincinnati. I Normally I would say, well, just tease here, but I think in a game that is outdoors and in this kind of weather, I think there's a lot of variance, so I, I'm not comfortable teasing the game. Um, but if, if you force me on a side, I, I think it'd be Indy. Ravens, seven and a half point favorites over the Rams. So we have uh, crossed the seven threshold here. 
Yeah, I, I I really feel like people are undervaluing this Rams team. This is a solid Rams offense. They they're right there with the Cowboys in offensive DVOA. Uh, they're a very good running team, and with particularly with Kyron Williams, they they had that stretch where they couldn't run at all because Daryl Henderson stinks and Royce Freeman. Like Kyron Williams is a difference maker, and it, it's so important to have this dynamic player at running back for Sean McVay's offense, and they've got it right now. And the Rams defense, but 17 points per game over the last four games. And the Ravens offense wasn't playing all that well against the Chargers. And now they've got to figure out how to get better without Mark Andrews, who's so important to what they do. Um, this is a, I think this is an interesting game. I mean, this is a game where when you look at Baltimore's upcoming schedule, it's certainly a game that they have to win. Uh, if they've got any sights on the one seed, but it's also a game where when you see what's coming up, I, I don't expect them to be looking for margin here. And obviously the Rams are playing desperate. So uh, it's seven and a half. I, 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 I firmly like the Rams. Yeah, I was on the Ravens laying the seven. Uh, John Harbaugh off of a bye, 10 and six ATS covering by 6.16 points per game. I just love the situation here for the Ravens off the bye. Seeing the Chiefs and Jaguars lose last week, there's motivation to get the number one overall seed in the AFC. And uh, I think, you know, the Rams might be a little overinflated because of their performance last week. You know, Joe Flacco and the Browns actually kept that close for a while. So I think the Ravens can can really do something, do some damage here. Listen, the Rams put up 400 yards of offense against the Browns. And you yeah, could say, so like, the, so Joe so, Flacco. So, I mean, the Ravens did that the last time they played. They just let them come back and win. It was Remember, it was a 34-31. The Ravens were dominating that game. I just don't. I don't think like the fact that they were able to put up that yardage on the Browns to me says Man, that's a, that's a good team. Mm-hmm. Like I know Joe Flacco stinks, but the fact that the the Rams' offense was able to hang in that game is what impressed me. The Texans three and a half point road favorites at Zach Wilson and the Jets. Yeah, this one uh, is tough for me because I made two bets on this game early in the week. And I've got good CLV on one and bad CLV on one. Uh, I bet the Texans and I bet the under. I bet under 37, which, the, I mean, the total now is sitting at 33. So I'm feeling great about that. But I also bet the Texans minus six. And that was before the Zach Wilson news. I, I, I still don't feel terrible about my bet at minus six, if that tells you anything. Uh, I, I just, this is a weird line to me now because, the Falcons were just two and a half point road favorites at, at the Jets. That was Desmond Ritter minus two and a half at the Jets. Now yeah. I, I get CJ Stroud and I give you one point. I feel pretty good about that. The Jets are averaging in their during their five game losing streak. They're scoring eight and a half points per game. It doesn't take a lot of offense to cover three and a half when the Jets offense is doing what they're doing. Yeah. So uh, it, it three and a half. I, I like I like the Texans quite a bit. And with all the drama in the in the Jets locker room right now, and and with Aaron Rodgers speaking right? out, I, I want no part of this Jets team right now. And not, not and I'll be honest, but like Brees Hall, where'd this guy go? Yeah. Twenty six and a half yards per game the last six games. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, and when you can't run the ball, like your crappy pass offense isn't going to get any better. They're in, they're in a tough spot right now, and I, yeah. I think they're just done for the season. It's it feels like quitting time for the Jets. Right? I think so. Yep. Uh, the Panthers, five-point dogs at the Saints, total 37 and a half. Oh, it hurts me to say this out loud. I like the Panthers. So do I. It's a lot more about New Orleans than it is Carolina. Like, I yeah. just don't have any faith in New Orleans at this point. They're so beat up. We don't know. I, I, I maybe do, do we know who's going to play quarterback for them yet? Uh, like, But either way, whether it's Carr or Winston, both have been just terrible favorites uh Lattimore's on the IR Thomas is on the IR Rashid Shahid's banged up Malcolm Roach is banged up Cam Cam Jordan like basically their whole defensive line is banged up Dennis Allen five and 16 ATS is a favorite minus almost five points per game one and nine ATS is a favorite this season somehow the Saints have been favored in 10 games this season and they are one and nine ATS Carolina got JC Hornback He's their best mm-hmm. defensive player, and I think he can hold Olave in check. His first game back, PFF grade was 90. Like, welcome back, son. Um, and he and Olave's been the only real reliable weapon for the Saints. So I, I, I like that the Panthers are running the ball last week. They We talked about Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. They've got to start going more, more to Hubbard. They finally did. 
Now you've got a Saints team that's missing their 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 meat in the middle of that defense. I, I like Carolina. I think Carolina might win this game. Yeah, I, I think Carolina's got a good shot. The Saints have been terrible, especially at home this year. Like, remember, the Superdome used to be one of the toughest places yep. to play in the NFL, and it is quite the opposite now. As you look at their record over the past several years at home, they are 0-7 ATS in their last seven home games, 5-15 and against the spread at home since 2021. That is the worst home against the spread record in the NFL in that span. They're going to so start putting is, bags on their heads again. They, they might. The Aints, <laughs> the Aints might be back. Uh, the Jaguars, three-point dogs at the Cleveland Browns. And, hey, Trevor Lawrence practicing. I, honestly, I, as someone who has a bet in against Jacksonville, I hope, I hope Trevor Lawrence plays uh, because I fully believe if he goes out there on a high ankle sprain on a short week, he's not going to be mobile. He's going to be on a slick field. Like this is going to, it's, it's only going to end poorly. I think it's a bad choice for Jackson. He's, he's, not, gonna out there. he's not going to play. I can't, I can't imagine, imagine you no. risk that dude at this point, but, um, but they didn't just lose him. They, they lost Walker little, their left tackle. They lost Christian Kirk. Uh, they lost guys on defense. Like they're just beat up and Joe Flacco looked serviceable to me. Uh, so uh, Cleveland was my best bet on the pod. I love what their, their defense is, is allowing 20 points per game less at home than they are on the road. Mm. I mean, it's crazy. And you're talking about a banged up offensive line, a backup quarterback. The Browns can make this a trenches game. And the, the gap between Cleveland and Jacksonville in the trenches is just enormous. So I, I love the Browns here. Any Three or, or less. The 49ers, 11-point favorites at home against the Seahawks. And, you know, part of me wants to lay the big number. The only thing that gives me caution is that it's just a divisional game. I don't like laying double digits in division games. But the 49ers, 16-4 and against the spread in their last 20 home games. 15 of those games saw them win by at least 13 points, including four of their five home games this year. They have covered seven of their nine wins by 18 or more points. They are blowing teams out, AJ. Yeah, and I know RJ and Fez love Seattle. Besides that Detroit Lions win back in week two, and we all, like, I'm I'm not trying to take anything away from it. It was a great win. They went to Detroit and won. But their other wins are Carolina, the Giants, the Cardinals, P.J. Walker, Browns, and the Commanders. Like, are the Seahawks even good? Like, are, are they... they played they played tough though against the Cowboys last week. Okay, I, I mean, yeah, they, they did. They, well, on offense, they played tough. Yes. Um, the problem is their defense stunk, and they're they're playing another juggernaut offense here. So, um, I, I'm with you. If if I if I had to make a bet on this game, it would be the 49ers. In fact, if I had to make a bet on this game, it would be the 49ers team total over, which has been a pretty safe bet the last few weeks. Yep. Uh, but I, I think the 49ers, they, they put up a bunch of points, and we'll see if the, if the Seahawks can keep up. There, there's a lot of uh, four defensive starters mispractice for the Seahawks. So they, they're in a hole already defensively. So I, I think this is a, a spot where the 49ers are going to put up a big number. The Vikings are three-point favorites at the Raiders. It feels like the Vikings shouldn't be three-point favorites on the road. Um, it's a big number on the road, yep. These feel like teams that are a lot closer in talent than that. So it's Vegas or nothing for me. The, it's, al- like it's almost an awkwardly fishy line. Um, the Raiders stink against the run, but I, I don't think that matters against the Vikings. How much are the Vikings going to run? They, they really don't run the ball unless it's Josh Dobbs taking off. I, I just – and I think we saw the the – the first couple games of Josh Dobbs were like, well, maybe it's not that bad. The last game we saw, it's like, okay, eh, there's a reason why mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we were talking about how Kirk, Kirk Cousins was pretty damn important. And the return of Justin Jefferson's great, but they've had, these guys have never had reps together. Like, you think Justin Jefferson's been practicing in these off weeks? No, he's got no. a hamstring. He's been, like, yep. the, the, these, these guys are just getting to know each other. So I, I don't know how much of a factor he'll be. Uh, I, I like the Raiders catching a full field goal. I like the under in this game. Uh, both of these teams are coming call. off buys, and when both teams are coming off buys this year, the under is 4-0 by 8.25 points per game. Since 2012, uh, two teams coming off a buy, 17-13 and 13 to the under. This year, when both teams just have over a week of rest, 5-1 and one to the under. So I do expect a low-scoring game. The Vikings are just an under team. They're 9-3 and three to the under this year. And the Raiders have gone under their team total 10 of their 12 games this year. 
They're 10 wow. and two to their team total under. So I, I think that's uh, this entire game goes on their numbers at 40 right now. The bills are at the chiefs KC one and a half point favorites. This is a huge game for Buffalo because if they lose this game, AJ, I think their season's over. I think you're right. Is this a regular season game or a playoff game? Well, it is a regular season game, so they're not I think the eliminated. Bills, I think the Bills win then. Uh, this feels like the game that the Bills the Bills beat the Chiefs in the regular season. That's no problem. Playoffs, different story. No, I, I do like the Bills here. Um, I, I, to be fair, I, I played them at three. Um, now I'd, I'd probably rather use them in a teaser than, than anything because I don't think the Chiefs are blowing out a lot of teams. But yep. what, I lo- what I loved about the, the – and obviously the Bills lost the game to the Eagles – but what I loved about the Bills in that game was Josh Allen said, I've got to start running the football. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they've they've kind of held that back all season long. And when Josh Allen runs, I really I legitimately think Josh Allen is the scariest player in the league because there's no one who like none of the other guys who run have the kind of arm talent that Josh Allen has. Like he's the he is the most, you know, deadly two way guy. He just hasn't chosen to run much this year. But what, so you saw in that Eagles game when he runs. I mean, they com- he combined for 420 yards uh, between th- passing and running against the Eagles. He He's just a, a different kind of weapon. I think now in desperation mode, you're going to see Josh Allen run. And if Josh Allen's running around on this team, I, I like the Bills here. I, j- I just don't think the Chiefs have the weapons offensively to keep up. Uh, either Kelsey's either hurt or he's just not elite anymore. Mm-hmm. And and he's just not enough to carry this team by himself. I, I, I think the the – the Bills are probably – I mean, I think these teams are trend, trending in opposite directions for sure. I, I think the Bills are, are about to make a run. Um, I, I think now – I don't know what the Bills' number to get into the playoffs is, but I think that might be a buy. And I, I, somebody was saying, like, uh, you could get the Bills right now to win the Super Bowl at 50-1. to 1. That's That sounds like a crazy number to me because if they, if so they the get Bill, in – The Bills to make the playoffs right now is plus 340. Doesn't that feel like a decent bet? I mean, <laughs> well, if you look if you look at the standings right now in the AFC, they are the 11 seed. Okay, mm-hmm. they lose the tiebreaker over Cincinnati, who they have the yep. same record with at six and six, and they lose the tiebreaker over Denver, who's also six and six. Yeah. So now, if you their remaining schedule is the game against the Chiefs here, and then they play the Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins. I'm going to go ahead and give them two wins. All right. Now, ideally, you need more. I mean, you need more than two wins, but two wins, no doubt, two wins at at, with eight wins, you're not getting into the playoffs. I don't know if nine wins is going to be enough to get in. Now, it might because you have to look at it now. Five, six and seven and eight all have seven wins already. I'm going to count out like forget about the Steelers because they're seven and six. But the Texans, Colts, and Browns are all seven and five already. If mm-hmm. they improve to eight and five this week, even if the the, the Bills win and they're seven and six, it's still going to be hard to ask for like sure. multiple teams to lose ahead of them, given the schedule that they have. But hey, if if it would not surprise me if the Bills win this game against the Chiefs. And then they beat the Cowboys, they beat the Chargers, they beat the Patriots, maybe lose to the Dolphins in the last week. Like it wouldn't surprise me if out of their next, you know, uh, five games they win four of them. Would not. It surprise wouldn't shock me, at me all. either. That's that's why I think them to make the playoffs is a good bet. I think them to win the Super Bowl if if it really is fifty to one. I, 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 I that was yesterday. I haven't seen it since. But uh, if it, like when you've got a guy like Josh Allen, if you get into the playoffs, they're forty it, to one right now. Yeah, that's still a pretty juicy number. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think um, I'd rather have the 340 on them just to make the playoffs. Maybe so. Maybe so. But, I mean, imagine you you get they get into playoffs and you've got a 40 to 1 on oh, yeah, Josh you Allen. Great. You feel yeah. great. You feel absolutely great. Uh, we got the uh, Broncos at the Chargers. Broncos. Uh, do we have to talk about this? Chargers, two and a half point favorites. It feels like, I don't know if I'm a sucker here, but are the Broncos like not just like the the, the teaser leg of the week here? Yeah, probably so. I, I mean, especially now that you can't get a three anymore. I, I think Chargers, and the Chargers all, was probably and, a solid bet. And all the Chargers do is play one score games. So if I can get the Broncos plus eight and a half, like it just feels like that can't lose. Yeah, the Chargers offense is a mess right now. Eight points per game in the last two games. Um, but I don't trust Denver either. So what I, I think what we saw with them last week is a lot closer to reality than mm. that big winning streak. Um, I. I I think I I think the Chargers are still a little undervalued 
in the market, but not enough that I'm interested in backing them. They're, they're just losers, to be honest. I, I, I don't want anything to do with them. The Cowboys hosting the Eagles Sunday night football. Dallas, three and a half point favorites. I'm on the Eagles. Um, it, it was one of my top plays on the Dream Pod. I think that the, the line, it should be three. You're giving me three and a half. I'm going to take it. I don't trust the Cowboys defense because they just beat up on bad teams and the Eagles are not a bad team. And I I look at the success that Jalen Hurts has had against the NFC East and against the Dallas Cowboys. And I I think that you look at the game that they saw this year where the Eagles scored 28 points on the Cowboys defense. To me, this could come down to the final possession. This game could go into overtime. You're giving me north of a field goal. I just think that's an auto take. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on the Cowboys team total over here. Um, I, I, the Cowboys are averaging 41 points per game at home. I, I think there are real questions about both these teams' defenses. And I, well, Shaq I Leonard's now on the Eagles, though. Yeah, don't care, don't care. I mean, and and really, I, I think if you're looking for a full game total, like the over is the way to go. Like we, yeah. we've talked about this, even even in the games where it's like backup quarterbacks playing, these teams just have shootout games. Um, it's just hard for me to picture the, the, the Cowboys not scoring four touchdowns at home when, when they're scoring 41 per game at home. Yeah. The Eagles defense is not that good. I, I, I think we saw against the 49ers. They, they're, they're okay. They're, they're certainly not what they were a year ago and they're all beat up right now. Fletcher Cox clearly beat up. Um, I, I think that the Cowboys can put up a big number. I'm not saying they, I, I think three and a half is a, a really good number for the Eagles. I bet the Cowboys at three. I, I wouldn't want to bet the Eagles at three. So I, I think you're right. Like you've got to be on the right side of the number. Uh, but to me, I, I, I'll just take, I'll take the Cowboys to put up a whole bunch of points. Cause I, I think that's what they, they, that's what they do at every home game. Yep. Well, that'll wrap it up for the Sunday preview. Join us on Monday morning when we will get to the two Monday night football games. This show is sponsored by better help. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. AJ, it's Army-Navy week. Everyone loves Army-Navy week, and we have Army three-point favorites over Navy. Total in this game, 27 and a half, AJ. 27 and a half. And this game is being played 
at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. So a little a new location as the series uh, shifts around here in recent years. Yeah, I um, this is the number where I, I can't bet an under. I know it's like just kind of the automatic thing. You bet the under, bet the under. Um, I, I'm not willing to do that at this number. Uh, that that's sort of, and I know last year was, was double overtime, and it, it went over for I don't even remember. It was, it was the first 20, time in a long 20, time. 2017 was the final, and it was the first over. It snapped the 16 straight unders. <laughs> so it was uh, it snapped 16 straight unders between Army and Navy, and it took double overtime to get to 27, 20 to 17 last year. I, I just don't understand the 27 and a half. That's like that's not a bettable number to me. I, I, I just can't I can't picture wanting to bet under 27 and a half, under 28 and a half. I, I couldn't have blamed you. I think now though it, it's that that number is just too much. Uh, I'm not rushing to bet an over. Um, I do think that there is probably some value on Navy if if you get a clean three. Um, I bet Army earlier in the week on the money line. I, I, just because I think in games like this, every point matters. These teams know each other so well. The problem right now with Navy is they, they've got some question marks at quarterback. Like we, we're, we're not really sure how they're, you know, who's going to play, how much they're going to play. Um, that's a bad sign. And I, I know like people say, well, it's a running team. Who cares for army and Navy for these, these triple option teams, the quarterback is just as important as a running back when it comes to the running game. You, you have to, you have to under, it takes a certain kind of player to run these offenses. And we've seen this Navy team when they don't have their quarterback, it can get ugly. Um, I think army has more path to offense in this game. So I, I do think they win, but again, in a game that's with a total of 27 and a half, if you're if there's a field goal to be had, I, I think that that's probably the better way to look. I, I wouldn't bet Army minus three under any circumstance. Yeah, um, it's just to me, it's always it's it's weird that this game is in Foxborough. I know that they wanted to, like, you know, shift locations for, you know, uh, give give different cities the rotation here. So uh, I know it's in Foxborough this year and then it'll be. Um, FedEx Landover, Field, Landover, yeah. and then Baltimore, the Ravens Stadium, the year after that. So, if you're kind of looking at it that way, this would be as close to an. This is closer to Army, so it's like maybe an. It's like an Army home game, and then the next two years are like Navy home games, kind of. Uh, so it's interesting. I think Army's the better football team. That's why they're three point favorites in this game. Um, it, it, it's but you throw the records out the window you throw everything no out the window when these two teams play each other uh the over would be the only way i could look in this game the 27 and a half is just a stupid low number um but it's gonna be ugly it's gonna be ground and pound it's gonna be typical army navy football to, to me this is just one that we sit back and watch because we i don't have a feel really for either of these teams right now my lean would be army though my, like I said, I, I picked Army on the money line. Army beat uh, – they beat Air Force, which yep. uh, Navy was unable to do. Uh, and it's hard to project motivation. First of all, I mean, I think these te- this, this game, you get max motivation no matter what. But one of these, game, one of these teams isn't going to a bowl game. You know, one, what, they're both five and six, so somebody's not going to a bowl game. But Army's just been playing better football of late. You know, uh, Army beat, like I said, they beat Air Force. Then they had, you know, a, a silly game against Holy Cross. But then they beat Coastal Carolina. Like, that's that's a solid win. And the last time we saw Navy, they they were just getting obliterated. Now, it was against SMU. SMU's really good. Um, but I, I just think Army's playing better football right now. Uh, and I, I, I think that they, they, they're the side. But, again, I, I'm, I think in a game where every point counts, I'm not laying three points. There's just no way. And I believe – the commander in chief trophy is on the line because air force beat Navy. Yeah. And, Navy would win a three way tie here. Yeah. No, no, and, we, well, cause yeah. Cause our, uh, air force beat Navy and army beat air force. So if Navy wins this game, then Navy has the trophy. And obviously if army wins, they have the two wins. So then they no, have the trophy, I th- right. So I think if uh, I, I believe army has the trophy now, and if there is one of these deadlocks, uh, I think the trophy stays with the with the team that had it last. So, like, if there's a, a round robin, like, where every team wins one, I think whoever had the trophy last year retains the trophy. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that'll be fun to watch. I, I love watching it every year. I mean, obviously, uh, you have a little more um, juice uh, I- invested in the game, but I always get uh, get emotional watching the alma maters. 
after the game's played. I'm sure uh, you do as well. Only yeah. if Army wins, though. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it's it's one of the things that I, I, I like to share every single year is that you watch these kids and they are kids, AJ. I mean, these are college yeah. kids and they are, you know, laying it all out there on the field. But you know what? As soon as that game's over, they're all on the same team. And so, sometime, I mean, we hope never, but. There might come a time down the road where they're going to have to rely on the guy that's on the other side of the field from them yep. in this game, you know, coming up tomorrow. And it's just it's just a, it's a it's a special thing to think about, you know. Yep. And I, listen, I'm just glad that it's a competitive series again, because like from the from the time I got out of the army, it Navy won 14 of these games in a row. Yeah. So I was just like, come on. And so now that army in the last you know five, six years, they've won five of the last seven army has so it's finally turned a little bit uh it gives me joy that it's not like this embarrassing one-sided lopsided uh series so i it's it's a lot more fun for me now but sir it's certainly a game that i it's one of my favorite football games every year it's never fun to watch like from a football standpoint but it is one of those games where the pageantry and the like it, it just means a lot so it's a it's one of the more fun games for me and if you ever have the opportunity, anybody out there, I would recommend taking a visit to both West Point and the Naval Academy in Annapolis, you know, tour the campus. It's it, it's it's cool to see, uh, you know, what these, you know, cadets and and, and sailors go through in, in officer training and whatnot. But also there's signs all over the place and painted all over the buildings. Go Army, sink Navy. You know, yeah. beat beat army. It's it's everywhere you look. This game just means everything. It it's on my bucket list. I want to get to one of these games. Uh, I I certainly hope to at some point, but I haven't gotten to yet. But man, it, it's just such a cool thing to watch. The NBA in-season tournament semifinals last night here in Vegas. The Pacers with a 128-119 upset win over the Bucs. You know, we talked about this on yesterday's show, AJ, and we've talked about it before with these Bucks. The financial incentive for these players, 10 players on Indiana, on Indiana that uh, are making less than $3 million a year, and for each of these players that win the play-in tournament to get $550,000, I think it just means more for these Pacers players. And they played their butts off last night, beating the Bucks 128-119, despite 37 points from Giannis. And then the Lakers dominate the Pelicans, 133-89. to LeBron James scored 30 points as he looked like a man who was telling his team, yeah, I'm winning this inaugural NBA in-season tournament and so we have the championship game tomorrow night here in Vegas the Lakers three and a half point favorites over the Pacers total of 240 and a half what's your early leans uh early lean is the over which it is in almost every Pacers game though it went under yesterday um but I think the I, th I think the Lakers will oblige them I, I think they want to play a fast game too so I, I think this could be sort of a track meet type of game uh I at the number, I, I I guess I lean to the Lake. I think the Lakers win. So I, you know, three and a half outside of a possession isn't like an auto thing for me, but it's close enough where if I if I had to pick a side, it'd, it'd be the Lakers. Yeah, I think I'm on the Lakers as well. It's it's like I keep saying, like this is something that the Lakers would win. This is something yeah. that LeBron. This is something that LeBron would win. Something you know? that would matter to them. Yeah. Yeah, like LeBron's gonna gonna they they don't have. Oh yeah, they do have a Christmas Day game. I'm saying LeBron. There's gonna be like two games. Like this game means everything to LeBron. He might as well sit out till Christmas because then that's the game that he'll, you know, that means a lot to him, right? So I, I think you'll get max effort, and uh, I think the Lakers will feed off the crowd. It'll be a pro Lakers crowd, and I like them tomorrow in the championship game against the Pacers. We have a full schedule for the rest of the league tonight. Let's quickly run through that schedule. Toronto four and a half point favorites at the Hornets. The Magic eleven and a half point favorites over the Pistons. AJ. 18 straight losses for Detroit. Do they make it 19? Yes. <laughs> they may never win again. Are you laying the 11 and a half? No. Okay. No. It's, I mean, listen, they're going to fight at some point. I don't know when, but they'll fight at some point. I, I just, it, it, You're so deep into this run. Like, how can you – it's it's almost impossible to bet against them right now, laying the points. Like, mm -hmm. it's – it's like uh, when the Sharks were losing every game. Like, is this team really the worst team ever in the NBA? I, I, I doubt it. 
I mean, is it possible? Sure, but it's it's hard for me to imagine. The Hawks are at the Sixers. Philly laying seven and a half. Wizards at the Nets. Brooklyn nine and a half point favorites. Celtics hosting the Knicks. Boston laying six and a half. The Cavs are at the Heat. Cleveland a one and a half point favorite. Timberwolves are at the Grizzlies. Minnesota is minus six and a half on the road, AJ. And Minnesota, five straight wins. They're 16 and four on the season. Dominating opponents. You laying it on the road with them? Uh, I probably would, uh, not, not something I am super excited to do, but yeah, that's probably the way I'd lean warriors, uh, three and a half point favorite or three and a half point dogs, excuse me at the OKC thunder. So the thunder three and a half point favorites over that's the warriors. Game. It's a good yeah, game. I, I kind of lean to the warriors. It feels like every warriors game is coming down to the final possession. So mm. outside of three, I, I'd kind of lean to, towards them. The Bulls are at the Spurs. Chicago, two-and-a-half-point favorites. As for the Spurs, it's uh, it's it's kind of just like the Pistons. They have lost now 15 straight games. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. I, I, the Spurs, again, another team I've got, I've got no interest in. Rockets at the Nuggets. Denver, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Kings are at the Suns. Sacramento laying a point-and-a-half. Clippers at the Jazz. L.A., six-and-a-half-point favorites. And the Mavericks are at the Blazers. Dallas, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. For the second straight night, there's really nothing going on in, in college basketball. There wasn't anything going on on Thursday. There's nothing going on today. But we have one of the most jam-packed slates of the year tomorrow. Uh, I'll go through some of the games quickly. Uh, if you want to get deep into some of these games, you can check out the college basketball podcast right here on the Straight Out of Vegas feed. Uh, and, and here are in, in-depth dives into some of these games, myself and Griffin Warner. Uh, I will share my best bet with you, though, uh, here as well. Uh, but UConn uh, playing Arkansas Pine Bluff. It, well, you know what? We'll skip over the games that, that don't really matter. I'll get to the good stuff. Uh, Illinois is going to be at Tennessee. Tennessee, a, it, again, there's no lines up yet for these. I, I think Tennessee's probably going to be about a five- or six-point favorite. Illinois coming off a win over Florida Atlantic. They're riding high right now. Tennessee's a tough place to play. It should be a good matchup. Alabama and Purdue are playing at Coca-Cola Coliseum in Toronto, the home of Zach Eady, good old Canadian Zach Eady, who is probably going to be the two-time player of the year in college basketball. Alabama doesn't have much of an answer for him. Alabama got gutted defensively. I think that's a real problem for them against Purdue. Uh, Arizona is hosting Wisconsin. These are two totally opposite teams when it comes to style. Wisconsin is a snail. Arizona just wants to run, run, run. Uh, Michigan State tried to slow down Arizona. It didn't work out. Duke tried to slow down Arizona. Didn't work out. We'll see if Wisconsin's able to do it. I project Arizona to be about a six-point favorite. Uh, my best bet on the pod was Oklahoma. We're projecting them at minus four. This game's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so it's not a home game for Oklahoma, but it is a game that is not in Arkansas's building. And Arkansas, away from their home court, is just not a very good team. Uh, all three games they played in the Bahamas were duds. They took them double overtime to beat Stanford. They got they got beat as favorites by Michigan or by, excuse me by Memphis, and then they got blown out by North Carolina. Uh, that that's their only three games that they've played away from home. And this this game, there's going to be a heavy Oklahoma crowd being in Tulsa. So I, I think Oklahoma minus four uh, is a great play. That's my best bet. Kansas is playing Mizzou, and I, this will probably be a, a double-digit spread, even though both – I mean, Mizzou's been pretty good this year. They're 7-2 and two so far, Kansas at 8-1. and one, But this is at, at Allen Fieldhouse, and Bill Self loves to humiliate Missouri. So if you see this number 12 or, or better, I, I might take a, a dip on Kansas. And the Holy War on hardwood, BYU at Utah. I think BYU is probably going to come in around a three, four-point favorite here. BYU has been one of the most impressive teams in the country, both ends of the floor. I like BYU to get the job done, even though it is a road game. And uh, Gonzaga is going to be at Washington. I expect Gonzaga to be about a four, five-point road favorite, uh, but that should be a really good matchup as well. So some great stuff in college basketball this weekend. On the ice last night, AJ, the Kings won their 11th straight road game, beating the Canadiens 4-0. They are 11-0 on the road to start the season. That Wild. is an NHL record. How about the Sharks, who come from 4 nothing down to beat the Red Wings in overtime 6-5? to There were eight goals scored 
in the second period of this game. If only there, there was were, a podcast out there that gave out the over. There were eight goals scored in a 10 and a half minute span <laughs> in the second period. It was insane. Like, pull back the curtain. Scott's texting me like, I think the I think the Sharks over's dead. And I'm sure Scott had more on it than I did. I, you know, I, I dabble in hockey, so I've got like 20 bucks riding on this game. And I'm like, oh man, that sucks. And then wait, there's a goal. There's a goal. Eight goals in 10 and a half minutes. Are you kidding me? Easy, easy winner there, Scott. Yeah. I, I never doubted. <laughs> Patrick Kane made his Wings debut, hit the post late in the third period that would have given the Red Wings the lead, and the game goes into overtime, and the Sharks win 6-5. So Kane almost made his uh, uh, you know, debut at one to remember. So he couldn't even score a goal in a game where there were 11 scored? Maybe he's not that no, good. Couldn't even register a goal he had three shots Terrible. but that's it Terrible. no goals no assists for patrick kane uh just so so unfortunate let's take a look at the schedule for tonight just three games here on friday night we got the penguins at the panthers florida minus 155 the blues are at the blue jackets st louis minus 125 and the wild are at the oilers edmonton's minus 175 the oilers are so hot right now they've won five straight games meanwhile the wild had won four straight games before being blanked in vancouver last night two nothing so we have a a wild team that just had their winning streak snapped they're on the second of a back-to-back against arguably the hottest team in hockey in the edmonton oilers uh i think edmonton's the only way i could look in this game and i might be a sucker for it but you know something it feels like they've really turned this season around. UFC is back in Vegas tomorrow night. And it, the card last week was so incredible that it was going to be hard to match. But we got a good uh, bantamweight main event here. Song Yudong, who is 20 and 7. Taking I'm on sorry. Who's Dong? Song Yudong. Song Yudong. Yudong. Song Yudong. Yeah. Okay. It's actually Yudong's song. But I think the way they, the way you they don't say that young to song dong dong. Um, <laughs> yeah, <I don't, laughs> he's taking look what you drug me into. Uh, he's taking on Chris Gutierrez in the main event. And this is a, a on paper anyway, a very competitive fight. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a, a solid main event here. The line itself, little little out there. Song is minus 380 ish. Uh, but I do think that we get over three and a half rounds here. Uh, this is a step up uh, for Gutierrez. He's, he's been a guy who's like been climbing up, trying to get one of these main event spots, his first main event spot, a very neutralizing fighter, which means he he basically takes away what you do the best. And that often makes for these grindy type of fights. He's going to leg kick. Uh, he's he's going to try to do a little wrestling. And I think that's going to be enough to get this thing over. I actually think this thing goes to distance, but you know, over three and a half rounds is the way I'm going to be looking in the main event. If you want to get AJ's UFC card or any bets on pregame.com, you can take $15 off using the promo code Navy 15 Navy 15. will get you $15 off at pregame.com. It's RV Navy weekend. So let's take advantage. Navy 15 gets you $15 off at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.